Greetings out there to all of you enchanting, stunning, splendid, strange, little anachronisms. My name is James. What the fuck did you just call them? <laughs> what is an anachronism? <laughs> an anachronism is like when something doesn't fit in, you know, like like it stands out because it doesn't belong in its um, place and time. Uh, like the like the TARDIS? <laughs> Actually, yeah, surprisingly, it, it's a lot like the TARDIS. That's a pretty good example of something that is anachronistic. <laughs> okay. We're here to learn new things, right? Well, shit, I love learning new things. Yeah, also, like, think of, like, Captain America, right? When he gets thawed from the ice, but he's still, like, really confused, you know, because everything's changed. He would be anachronistic in the context of the Avengers movie. Captain America could get it. <laughs> obviously. That is America's ass. It is. Know, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Y'all think I bring up Drag Race. This man in Marvel? <laughs> anyway, he's James, and I'm a tired-ass showgirl. Emma. At least you are a showgirl, bitch. I'll just go back to Party City where I belong. <laughs> and on that, that sounds like the longest intro we've ever had. <laughs> Easily. Snaps for us. Yes. And on that note, we now would like to welcome you to yet another episode of That Strange Podcast. Yes. Episode five. Welcome back, everyone. Hey. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Hi. We, ho- <laughs> we hope you're enjoying our strange little show here. Yeah. Uh, on, a, on, a, on a little note, last week for our Strangest Things episodes, I just want to say we had a ton of fun with that. So much fun. Wasn't that fun? It was a nice little detour. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. I can't wait to do it with uh, some user submissions and you know, yes. maybe some other things. That'll be really good, really fun. I think that'll be the most fun. Right, shake things up a bit, and I like that. Speaking of shaking things up a bit, uh, let's talk Drag Race for two seconds. I swear, I, oh. I'm not going to let this become a Drag Race podcast, but we need to talk it. For, talk it. We let's need to talk, talk Canada for, first. Okay, Canada, what do you want to talk about Canada? I just think the prom episode was... Really heartwarming and wholesome, and um, I'm clocking either Kendall or Isis for the win. Yeah, I like that. I want Kendall to win. I want Kendall, I but Isis is turning out a fierce performance. Absolutely. So oh. it's it's those two for me. I was surprised by that. You know, mm-hmm. especially you know, in the beginning, I didn't think much of Isis Couture. Same. She really me. clicked with me this episode, though. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. Uh, is this <laughs> is this even like a thing that y'all out there like? If you don't like it, we can we can cut this out. Or I guess you could skip forward. Yeah, just skip forward because I'm not cutting it out. We'll see. <laughs> I don't want to, but we'll choices. See. Yeah, <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything true crime, strange or anything. But it's just fun to talk about. It's just 
in my personal life, it's all I talk about. So I guess for me, it's naturally going to make its way here. Yeah, I agree. And I think part part of this is, you know, naturally. And it's queer. Narcissistic. It's it queer is queer. Fun. It is. And we're narcissists. So. And, and the, this is a queer podcast. So, hey, you got to bring up Drag Race. Okay, I have to talk about it. I have to talk about it. Please don't yell at me. What do we think about Maddie's casting on Drag Race US Season 14? I ain't got nothing to say about that. Is that is that all you have to say, seriously? I think I'm really happy that two trans women of color were cast this season, and that's where I'm going to place my attention. Fair enough. I would like to add that we had a trans winner, I think two trans winners in the past year, right? Yes, Kylie so, hey. Sonique Love and... Vanessa Van Cartier on Holland. Oh, I like that. I like I like that. We'll focus on the positive, leave out the negative, which is that, you know, uh, maybe a cis... Straight. Straight cis man should not be um, competing. I don't know. Anyway. Don't at me. I just, I feel how I feel. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But anyway, okay. We don't want to put ourselves in a corner, obviously. So we want, we like to shake it up. We like to keep things different, and we want to keep doing that in some way or another. But don't worry. We're going to keep it strange. Don't worry about that. <laughs> right. Before we get into it, uh-huh. I really just want to give a shout-out to the lovely humans over at Creepy Inquiries. Oh, they are lo- they are wonderful people. And it's a wonderful podcast. Guys, we seriously binged the shit out of all of their episodes. <laughs> and I kind of want to listen to them again. Oh, yeah. It, they're so funny. It feels oh, yeah. like a soul sister to our podcast. Absolutely. A sister city. Literally. If you will. <laughs> they're queer. They're amazing. They're hilarious. Absolutely. Um, Amazing. It's it's hosted by the amazing Miss and Kevin. Shout out. Shout out. Hey, y'all. Love you. Can we be best friends now? (laughs) Um, But definitely go check check them out. It's called Creepy Inquiries, and that's queer in the inquiries, Q-U-E-E-R. Yeah. They're amazing. Amazing. Tremendous. Like, (laughs) the best. Truly. And speaking of shaking it up, we usually do our episodes one way, as you guys have come to know. Shocker. But this week, uh, we're going to do things a little differently. Yeah. You didn't see that coming, did you? Shocker. (laughs) Inconsistency on this podcast. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Yes. You can always count on this podcast to be completely inconsistent. Yep. (laughs) It should be our tagline. Exactly. Anyway. (laughs) I digest. No, I just, I really, um, I wanted to do a case that would surprise you. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, (laughs) When you told me about this, I was like, okay, why would we talk about why would we talk about Phil Hartman on this ca- on this show? How does the case, the death of Phil Hartman, have anything to do with strange things? What it does? Did I know? Well, and also just SNL is such a huge thing in our household. Absolutely, every week 
literally, you Every introduced week. me to it when we were dating. You know, and that comes from my family. Um, uh, specifically, shout out to my mom. Hey, moms. But seriously, she is the reason I watch SNL religiously and always have. <laughs> she introduced me to that. And um, I actually watched, uh, I think the first episodes that I watched were during that period where it was Phil Hartman and, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name, but like Chris Farley. Who's that? Who's the one? Who's that? Julia Sweeney. Is he? Oh, yeah. Give her enough time, she'll get there. <laughs> She's literally in my notes for this episode. Oh, that's amazing. I, they they were friends, blanking. right? Yeah. Yeah, they were close. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's my personal background with SNL. And then, you know, obviously I introduced you to it. But, yes. Uh, do you have any background with it at all? Did you ever watch it at Um. I mean, at all? So my... Dad and stepmom watched it a ton when I was a kid, and we would always be shooed off to our bedrooms. Mm. So I would watch it from the hallway. Okay, that's fucked up. And they wouldn't know. <laughs> so I'd just be hiding in the hallway watching SNL while they were watching it. Oh, good. I'm glad you at least got to see it. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know how they are. Mm-hmm. But it, so it was always like this fun little thing of like, my half-sister and I hiding in the hallway watching SNL, like, Aww. forbiddenly. Aww. That's so cute. So, <laughs> so for many of us, Phil Hartman, uh, he, he was uh, and always has been known as kind of like a hilarious deadpan comedy expert. Absolutely. And, and um... Great with impersonations, like absolutely off the charts. His <laughs> his Reagan is one of my favorite things in the world. I was we were just watching that researching for mm-hmm. this episode. Mm-hmm. It was so good, and one one of the things I really like uh, his um, uh, his impersonation of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I can't pronounce his name. Nope, not gonna try. No, I'm not gonna try no. for reasons. Um, but anyway, um, you know, we all know Phil Hartman. Maybe we don't know him, but uh, he's you known. Should. Yeah, you really should. He he's known as just being this uh, comedic genius, especially when it comes to deadpan stuff. So, without a doubt, his most prolific work came when he was um, featured on. Saturday Night Live. He became a cast member and he stayed there for eight years. So that's a pretty long time. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's really well known for his spot-on impersonations of people like Ronald Reagan, Phil Donahue, Frank Sinatra, uh, and of course, his iconic impersonation of Bill Clinton going to McDonald's. That is literally my favorite Favorite impression <laughs> in SNL history. Yes. It's really good. Seriously, go check out the YouTube videos. They're amazing. Phil Hartman is amazing. And if you if you're also like me, you might know him from some of your some of his movies. He didn't do a lot, but um you might know him from Pee-Wee's Big Adventure. I loved that show, but I honestly did not know he was in it. I don't remember him in it. But he apparently co-wrote that movie, hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. And um, the the movie Jingle All the Way, a Christmas classic. We I just I, saw that for the first time this week. Yes, I made her watch it. 
boy, this episode. It's <laughs> it's one. It's honestly, it's a it's a terrible movie, but it it's like a good terrible movie. You know what I mean? It's also just kind of terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go check out Jingle All the Way. I think you'll like it. I think it's funny. I think it's it's, it's cute. It's funny in a very '90s way. It's it's very very that, but it it's not like problematic. No, 90s, God no. At least like Mrs. Doubtfire. Gonna call that out right now. I can't. I can't. I can't, can't talk about Mrs. Doubtfire. So <laughs> no, we won't do it. So um, the only thing good about that are the actors. Um, anyway, back to Phil Hartman. He was also he made appearances in. Uh, Films like Jingle All the Way, but also Small Soldiers. Everyone loves Small Soldiers, am I right? I love that movie. As a yes. Kid. Yeah. But he was also um, a voice actor, and he worked on The Simpsons. Whether you know it or not, you might know him. <laughs> he played Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz, among others. Do you have any? Do you Do you have any reference for that? I know the characters, but I didn't know he voiced them. Okay, I see. I didn't watch a lot of the The Simpsons growing up. I, I know was that's sacrilegious. A trash teenager and watched a ton of it. Well, I love that. I love that, <laughs> and I watch more now. But I, you know, I don't. I I admit I don't go back to like the older seasons as much. Anyway, um, so that's what I think of when I think of Phil Hartman. Is just. Uh, somebody who had a great, promising career that was definitely cut short, you know? And um, I knew he died tragically. I I did. But I thought he died of, like, a heart attack or a drug overdose, as it has been the case with some other SNL people, you know, uh, John Belushi, Chris Farley, uh, or maybe an illness, kind of like Gilda Radner, that kind of situation. When I was researching this case, um, mm-hmm. I actually come a- came across a lot of things that people believe there's a curse of SNL. Yeah, really? Yeah, because of all of these premature deaths. Well, shit, I'd believe it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is kind of weird, especially in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Because they were, like, all on the cast together, and then, you know, shit went down. It's weird. Yeah. And I had never heard of it before researching this case, but I was like... Maybe there's something to that. Hmm. Maybe we'll have to do do a follow up episode if there's enough. I doubt there's enough. I don't know. Maybe uh, th- there was like six people mentioned. Oh. Okay. Well, look. We'll look into it. We'll look into it. But whether you knew Phil Hartman or not, tonight we are going to tell you the story of his life, his career, and his very, very, very tragic murder. Yes, you heard me right. Whether he knew it or not, Phil Hartman was murdered. So, Phil Hartman is obviously an icon. Absolutely. But I want to roll it back a little bit and talk about the days people probably know a little less about. I'm looking forward to this because I love... I, I, Phil Hartman as a person is really... He he seems very interesting to me. And he is. And I just, oh, I want to shine a light on who he is as a person. Yeah. Well, they say never meet your heroes. So I was kind of scared to ask. Like, I don't know. Was he like involved with the mafia? Again, guys. Oh, I hate saying that. I hate saying guys. Can we just rewind? Pretend I didn't say guys. I hate that. Go with a nice y'all. <sighs> or something. Folks. 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 
I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> I got so upset with myself. <laughs> so irate. Back um, to you, my lady. So but I just want to start with who he is as a person so we can understand where he ended up. Yeah. And take the focus off of the fame. I like that. So Phil Hartman was born September 24th, 1948. Hey, he's a fucking Libra. Damn right he is. Party. Fuck. <laughs> and he awesome. grew up in a sort of typical question mark family. Now, where does that question mark come from? Um, It, w- it was a kind of a weird situation. Do tell. Uh, for one, he had seven siblings. Seven? Yeah. Wow. Um, And they were a very poor family. Okay. And they immigrated from Canada to the United States. Okay. Immigrated? Emigrated? Yeah. One of those. Immigrated. Um, And he was known as Fippy growing up. Fippy? Which I just think is adorable. Oh, Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is adorable. And Phil actually developed his ability for impressions early in high school. Oh, so very early on in his life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but That his, explains why he's, I'm sorry, that explains why he was so good. Yes. But <laughs> yeah. it kind of came from a sad place. Really? Yeah, which I found interesting. Do um, tell. His youngest sister, Sarah Jane, had a genetic condition. That was called, oh, I hope I'm saying this right, um, Angelman Syndrome. Okay. And she pretty much required constant attention, so much so that later she had to be admitted to a facility. What kind of facility? Like like an assisted living type of situation? um, More severe than that. Oh. And Phil talked a lot about feeling lost in the shuffle a lot as a kid. Okay. And how he used to have to compete for his parents' attention, and he found that making them laugh was a good way to get that attention. Okay. Well, you know, they they have always said that comedy and tragedy are more connected. Absolutely. Than we think. And that there's, what's that saying? Um, That it's much harder to be a comedic actor than it is to do a do a drama. Yes. Like it's more taxing on you somehow because you have to like separate yourself <laughs> emotionally yes. on some level to really do comedy, right? Yeah. Okay. That's that's that makes me think of like Andy Kaufman and very know, that. Robin Williams. But I think it was very much one of those situations. Okay. And on the other end of his siblings um, his older brother, John, actually got to fill his first show business gigs in the music clubs that John owned. Huh. So he had he had very interesting relationships with all of his siblings because okay. were, there were so many of them. Well, yeah. Well, that, that, that makes sense. I forgot. Seven. He's one of eight kids? Yes. Wow. Uh, this is the first case we've ever gone into where you're going in blind. Yeah, it's I know. kind I, of fun. I have no idea what to expect, and I love it. I think I'm going to do this to you. Oh, do it. I'm going to flip it around. Do it. So working in these comedy clubs um, gives Phil kind of a good basis for show business 
And in 1975, he 1975, <laughs> 1975, he decides to join the Groundlings. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. little <laughs> Vaguely. group. Vaguely, yeah, little group. <laughs> Very um, prominent. Uh... And while he's there, he meets Paul Rubens. Oh, I've also heard of him. Little guy. Is that? So that's how he ended up co-writing Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Uh, spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I had mentioned it before. Okay. Um, I love that. He actually helped Paul Rubens develop the Pee-wee Herman character. No. Yes. And okay. And many of the other characters that appeared on the show. <sighs> what? Yes. Okay. I had already loved Phil Hartman so much. I did. I didn't need a reason to love him more, and yet here we are. Oh, Pee-wee Herman's adventure. Pee-wee Herman's big adventure. This episode is my uh, gift to you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Sadly, Phil wasn't paid for any of it. Oh. And it damaged his relationship with Rubens pretty much irreparably. Oh wow! Now, is do you know why he didn't pay him? Um, Paul Rubens didn't want to give him credit. Okay. But then it's kind of like also widely known. I was going to say, um, <laughs> I literally went to the Wikipedia page and instantly found out that he co-wrote that. So like. Yeah, but it's also like widely known. But at the he, time, he Paul Rubens was very like, this is my thing. Oh, a scandalo. It's like, quel surprise. <laughs> very that. But yeah. So okay. It, it was very like tense between them. Well, I'd say. And then while in the groundlings, you know, he's he's feeling burnt by pa- Paul Rubens. Yes. But he's like, I'm not going to let this stop me. Mm-hmm. So he starts voice acting. Okay. Little projects. He gets Scooby-Doo. Oh, the I've heard Jetsons. Of that. Heard of that? Right. <laughs> so, so, so well-known things. Yeah, he he he's really gaining success. Yeah, and this is even before SNL. Oh wow! So then, in 1986, after Phil's got these voice acting roles, he's helping create these iconic characters. A little guy you might have heard of. Yeah. Lorne Michaels. I've heard I've heard of Lorne Michaels, yeah. He comes to watch the Groundlings cast to find new cast members. Okay. And I just I have in my notes, uh, apparently he does that a lot. Okay. Like he's just yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to come watch your theater club and like yeah. pick out my cast members. Yeah. Yeah, and I've heard he, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard he also decides when uh, the actors... Leave the show. I don't know if that's true. The scandal. I know. Don't quote me on that. (laughs) Please. So, Lauren chooses Phil to join the cast after having skipped over him a couple years before. Yeah. And at the time, Phil was 38, which in SNL joining years is apparently considered ancient. That is so, that is so sad. Isn't it? It is. But Phil quickly becomes an important part of SNL. His, okay. Yeah. His cast members even nicknamed him The Glue. The Glue? Yeah. Apparently it was for his um, ability to hold the show together. 
So he's in his first year of SNL, mm-hmm. and Phil is making more money than he's ever made before. Okay. But making that coin. Yes. I like that. But I respect that. He likes to spend it kind of frivolously. Uh oh. On Wolf of Wall Street. Mm hmm. Yeah. On what he likes to call toys. Toy. Which is like, Wait. okay, get it, I guess. Yeah, but what kind of toys? Because that's going to make a big difference in how I view this. I, yeah, get ready to judge. Uh. Boats, <laughs> cars, jet skis. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And there was kind of a catch. Yeah. While Phil was very, I guess, lavish with himself. Clearly. When it came to those around him, he was very, very cheap. Really? Yes. Okay. And no <laughs> one could quite figure that out. Well, no, that's that's really confusing. Yeah. It's like, you're going to go to this extreme, but then do the exact opposite. Right. What's that about? Right. <laughs> so simultaneously, it's his first year, yeah. right? He's set, Phil is set up on a blind date with a former model. Okay. And her name is Bryn Omdahl. Bryn? Okay. So I'm, gl- I'm so glad you're making that face. Thank you. Um, <laughs> her name was not actually Bryn. It wasn't? No. Her name was Vicky Joe Omdahl, but she just liked to go by Bryn. Okay. So for this story, I'm just going to refer to her as Bryn because that's what everyone in her life called her. Okay. Respect that. Yeah. So Bryn was born April 11th, 1958. Okay. Bitch was an Aries. Oh, that does make her an Aries. Yeah. No comment. So she's 28 at this time. And not to cast any aspersions on anyone's character. But at this point, Miss Thing is literally fresh in recovery from a cocaine addiction. Oh. And does not tell Phil. Okay. And he's been divorced two times already. Okay. And she's also 10 years younger than him. <laughs> okay. But whatever floats your boat, I guess? Yeah. Question mark? Yeah. I mean, uh, who am I to judge? Like, get it. Absolutely. Whatever. But okay. Okay. I wish them all the best in this endeavor. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the first year of SNL ends, and Phil suddenly decides to buy a expensive-ass ring. Now, do you know how long they had been dating at this point? Oh, we'll get to it. Okay. Okay. And he proposes to Bryn. Okay. And none of Phil's inner circle can figure out why. Okay. It's that bad. Yeah. Yeah. His friends and coworkers even voice concerns, like... Dude, you've only been dating three months. Three months? Yes. Girl, that is not enough time to learn about enough about someone to marry them. And they bring up the age difference. Oh, yeah. But this all makes Phil very angry. Okay. But then it comes out that Bryn is two months pregnant. And that's why they're getting married. So they do. Uh, They get married on November 25th, 
they're not the first people to do that. They will not be the last. <laughs> no, they S- will not. Straight people be straightened. They they do. They do be doing that a lot. <laughs> uh, too much for right. my liking. Very too much. Yeah, too much. Too much. Yeah. So <laughs> they get married and they're like, oh, perfect honeymoon. Here's where the story ends. Okay. No, just kidding. <laughs> there were I believed um, you. There were immediately signs of trouble in the marriage. Okay. Following the birth of Phil and Bryn's son, Phil's second wife, Lisa, who Phil had remained friends with, yeah. sent Phil and Bryn a card. Just like, hey, congrats on your baby. Good luck. Okay. God bless. Yeah. And apparently, Normal kind of right, congratulations like, and stuff. And apparently, Bryn got like intensely jealous. Really? And she writes Lisa back this psychotic message threatening her with physical violence. And according uh. to Lisa, the message said, quote, I will rip your eyes out if you contact my husband or family again. Wow. And it's like, Girl, she was just like happy having a baby. (laughs) Right, right though. What? But conversely, at the same time, all of this is going on behind the scenes. Phil's career is flourishing. Okay, so this is this is at that same time. Yeah. Current. Okay. Like he's being cast in a number of movies, like we mentioned. Yeah. Um, he's getting even further work as a voice actor with The Simpsons. Right. He even gets these iconic series of commercials with, like, Cheetos, McDonald's, M&M's. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. And he was, like, the face of these brands. Oh, wow. So, but this all means he's away from home more. So we go back to behind the scenes, and it creates more tension with Bryn. Okay. And she's frustrated with herself because yeah. she's not getting model work. And she's not making it as an actor, but Phil is flourishing. Oh, that would be very frustrating. Uh, you right, know, yeah. I, I get that, you know, like, and I, want, I wonder if she felt torn, like, maybe happy, yet obviously jealous that it's not her in his and shoes. Like, Maybe kind of resentful too. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Even e- even in a relationship, you know, like that can happen, especially if two people are very different or don't see things the same way. And it doesn't. Right. It doesn't sound like they necessarily saw everything eye to eye. And even it's funny that you say that. Yeah. Why? Even people <laughs> close to her uh-huh. said Bryn was envious of Phil's career and wasn't oh. fulfilled just being a wife and mother. Wow. Whereas That's Phil pretty telling. Yeah. Whereas Phil was like all about the family. Okay. So he really was that family man that I like mm-hmm. have conjured up inside yeah. my head. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. We'll like, talk about it more later. Like a less creepy and less douchey version of his character in Jingle All the Way? Yeah. Okay. Shout out to that movie, by the way. Please go watch Jingle All the Way. I'm... It's so silly. (laughs) 
if you like silly mo- silly movies from the nineties, it will it, it will light up your Christmas. And tis with the season. Joy. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> so but Phil's major breakout SNL moment yeah. was when he started portraying Bill Clinton. Shout out, we <sighs> just watched that one of those sketches. Iconic fucking impersonation. Iconic. iconic. Um, and this was like his thing on the show. Yeah. Like his thing. And it was probably like the most iconic of all of their presidential, um, what do you call them, like impressions, uh, okay. honestly. Yeah, and that's a big deal. Obviously, we know that with, you know, like look at Alec Baldwin playing Trump. Yes. It, it's a big deal. But weirdly, after a few years into his time on Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. Phil became more difficult to work with. Even How so? Yeah, even SNL's costume designer and makeup artist that regularly worked with him noticed a distinct change in his demeanor. He was becoming, like, increasingly difficult around the set. What, but what, what kind of difficult? Like I um, couldn't find a lot of details on specific, like it, they're all very tight lipped about what he was doing. Huh. Just that he was difficult. Okay. And but, now, w- did this have anything to do with the tension between him and Bryn and the family and all of that? I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> I swear, I have no idea. It's literally, it's, it's so far, It's literally the next thing in my notes. We're like on the same wavelength. That's what happens when you're married for 18,000 years. Literally. Um, but no, everyone <laughs> that talked about him becoming more difficult yeah. relates it. To the tension with Bryn. Really? Every single person. Wow. So it was really well known that he and Bryn weren't doing so well. Oh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get into how well known it was. Okay. Okay. I look forward to it. Like right now. Ooh. <laughs> I don't have to wait. I'm so impatient. So let's <laughs> this is perfect. Um, After their second child was born, Bryn just invited herself to start going to SNL tapings with Phil. She just invited herself? Yeah, like— Can you do that? She's like, I don't trust you, so I'm going to go with you to work and watch your Uh, every move. And Girl, it is time to get a restraining order at that point. And no one on set wanted her there. Really? Yeah, the other cast members were made very uncomfortable by her. So again, she has this desire to either have him home as much as possible or control what he does, and he just has this desire to work. So she's very overbearing. Yeah, and they they don't go. Yeah, yeah. It does not sound like they go. And Bryn constantly complained about motherhood to anyone who would listen. And, like, she just... Wanted to get away from her children. Really? Yes. Okay. And then there's Phil, who literally, in an interview, said, quote, I didn't fully experience my capacity to love until I had children. Okay. So he's, excuse me, he's a very dedicated family man father. It sounds like. Right. Okay. And she's just. This trash pigeon who (laughs) 
is like, fuck the kids and run. Did you just use the term trash pigeon? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what it means, but I'm here for it. It, it means Bryn Hartman. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to have to use that. Welcome, Stray. <laughs> Consider that stolen, I guess, right? No, absolutely stolen. Perfect. <laughs> so, continuing. Sorry. <laughs> Phil confides in his longtime friend, Ed Bagley Jr., Casual. Hey, I've heard of him. Right. Yeah. That his marriage <laughs> is in serious trouble. Oh, now he is a man whose judgment I personally would be inclined to trust. Yes. He's a very sensible man. I've, I, I don't know Ed Bagley <laughs> Jr. personally, but I hear he's a very sensible young man. Obviously. <laughs> so Ed Bagley Jr. offers Phil a place to stay. That's very nice of him. But Phil declines. Really? Even okay. though Bryn is becoming more controlling and somehow more jealous of everyone in Phil's personal and professional life. Uh-huh. And again, Phil's moods become more volatile according to people who worked with him at the time. It's clear that he's dealing with something. You know, and he's bringing it to him at work, as we all do. He's dealing with a bird bitch. What? <laughs> a trash pigeon? A yeah. trash pigeon bird bitch. Well, yeah. He's tearing him down. <laughs> How else are you going to deal with a trash pigeon? I mean, you, 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 <laughs> they come from the trash. It's not like Excuse you can me. throw them into the trash. Literally, they're made That's of trash. That's where they're from. They'll just be like, hey, thanks. <laughs> oh, I don't hey, know. Just wait. Oh, God. So... Phil begins develop developing. I can barely form a sentence. It's fine. He begins developing the Phil show, which the was Phil his, show. Excuse me. Yeah. Yes, which was his own talk variety show. Okay, work. But facing pressure from Bryn, he tells the producers of the show that Bryn has to have a role as an actress on the show. <laughs> Yeah. So what I do you mean, think? What do you think happens? I, I'm guessing that's the end of it. Yeah, the show dies in development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just I had an inkling. I had Be- never heard of it either. So. Because of Bryn. Oh, that is so. What? What a. What a c word this lady is. Oh, oh. As, you mean cunt? No, I meant cranky Sue. <laughs> Good God, woman. <laughs> Your mind is so dirty. Sorry. Oh, God. I can't imagine what that's like. No. <laughs> Pure and clean over there. Yeah, absolutely. So, Phil, at this point, mm-hmm. you know, the Phil show fails. Canceled. Canceled. Wow. Gutter. So that's a big blow to his career. Yeah. Yeah. He decides to quit SNL. Oh, after this, Failure. immediately after, immediately. I don't know if, like, if I'm his manager, if I'm, if I'm, you know, gonna say, "Hey, buddy, that's a good idea." Right, and he had the best manager in town at that point. So was it simply to focus on the kids and the horrible family situation? Oh, no, no, no! I'm so glad you <laughs> asked. It was to focus on getting his pilot's license. 
Yeah. <laughs> of all the things I was imagining you were going to say, that was not on the list. I'll so, just say that. So he does. And he buys he a whole ass plane. Okay. And oh, then he just focuses on his little projects and he's like, hey, I, I don't really know what to do. I'm a pilot now. Like, <laughs> this bitch killed the Phil show. I quit SNL and I'm a pilot. Okay. I did. I knew none of this. I love this. Tell me more. Okay. So then Phil's like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't do breaks. Yeah. And he starts doing another show with these people in the industry he knows. And it's a sitcom called News Radio. Okay, I've also never heard of that. Same. <laughs> but he starts making $50,000 per episode. That's not bad. That's not, no. I would do that. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's a wildly successful show. Really? Yeah, for the time. Okay. So the gap between his career and Bryn's widens even more. Oh, And okay. she gets more resentful. Yeah. And now she accuses Phil of cheating on her, both with women and with men. Was there anything that, that provoked that? Or did she just... No, nope, just was like, hey, the sky is blue. I think you're probably sucking dick. Okay, so there was no, like, she saw, like, Jake Gyllenhaal walked in and she was like, Jack Twist. More like <laughs> Jack Nasty. Yeah, no, 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 just nothing. Classic, classic <laughs> line, by the way. <laughs> But no, there was literally no provocation. Okay. I can't fathom that, but okay. No provocation. She even This bitch even takes it a step further. Oh, I'm starting she, to understand that that is within the realm of... That is her M.O. Yes, that's her character. She hires a private investigator. Uh, you know what they find? My eyes are rolling so hard. Just guess what the private investigator finds. I'm going to guess nothing. Correct. Oh. Nothing. That's one for Jay. So then Bryn is so upset at her cheating, but not actually cheating, just cheating in her mind husband. And she uh -huh. goes to a party with Andy Dick. Oh, God. I... And Andy Dick's like, hey, you want to do a bump? Of course, because so, that's Andy Dick. So she does and relapses. Just like that? Just like that. I'm sorry. I've, I've never used drugs, so I don't know. I, I don't it, know how these things happen. Well, I mean, if Andy Dick offers you cocaine... <clears throat> I would say gonna, no. What are you going to do, right? No, I would say no. I'd be Boy, like, you're yeah. a creep before the cocaine. <laughs> I don't need cocaine to say no to you, Andy Dick. Well, apparently... You're Andy Dick. Well, apparently Bryn sees Andy Dick and cocaine and is like... Sign me up. <laughs> She's like, it's on the bulletin board. I'm going to sign my name. It's on my no vision auditions. board for the day. <laughs> so, and then after this relapse, she's on coke again for years. Oh, that, that's horrible. It really is. So we're going to jump to 1997 because it's okay. just a couple years of her secretly doing her coke, them living in misery. Him doing his successful shit on the show, movies. Yeah. It's just kind of a stasis of that. Okay. So nothing nothing changes. No. Okay. <clears throat> In April. Excuse me. Uh, you're, you're, you're good. <laughs> In April of 1997, a neighbor of the Hartmans called 911 
to report that she heard gunshots fired at the home. What? Yeah. But police were unable to officially confirm this. Why? It, not, oh. n- nothing. Because they, they just get, heard the sound. Yeah, they get there. There's nothing. So they're like, okay. Oh, cool. okay. 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 I mean, but, police, right? Yeah. So the same pattern continues. Phil confides in his friends that Bryn is unhappy and how providing her with material things doesn't really appease her. Okay. And she was, according to Phil, very angry about the lack of progress in her career and that apparently her anger was escalating. She sounds unhinged. Yeah. So much so that Phil even confides in another friend, Wink Roberts, that he would pretend to sleep to escape Bryn's anger. What? Yeah. That's horrible. If you... Like, I can't imagine. No. Like... Not at all. Period. No, no one should have to go through that. That's horrible. It's abuse. It is. So he was in a full... I mean... (sighs) He was in an abusive relationship. Top to bottom, abusive. But I don't think anyone wanted to call it that because he was a man. Mm. You know, I'd love to say, hey, that's a thing of the past that (laughs) at least we don't have to deal with anymore. But it's a common thing because, you know, let's be honest, men are more often perpetrators. Far more often. But but, look at this story. Yeah, I think we need to take it more on a case-by-case basis. You know, that's all. I just... Listen to people, maybe? Yeah, that's a good place to start, for like sure. Just, no matter of their gender identity or presentation, just listen to people. Exactly. I mean, the the number of lives that sentiment enacted would would have saved. You know, countless, obviously. Mm. So, around this time, Bryn develops a weird little habit. Another one? Another one. She's qu- Yeah, she's quirky. <laughs> she decides she's going to drink heavily and take Zoloft. Okay. What was she planning to get out of that, I wonder? Does that do anything? I mean, I, I've never heard of someone doing such a thing, is all I'm saying. She Like, she was mixing the two. Like, and it's like... what. Sis, what are you hoping to get out of that? Isn't that like... Okay, I'm pretty sure that's really dangerous. Right. Obviously. But she did this on the reg. Wow. And she would often mix cocaine in with it, too. No. No, no, girl. (sighs) Okay, so she's a mess. Fully. And wait till I post pictures of this bird-looking bitch (laughs) on our Instagram. (laughs) Y'all, drag this bitch, (laughs) y'all. I support it. I support it. What do you want? I'm here for it. So. Drag her. We get to the evening of May 27th, 1998. Okay. Things appear to be normal. Okay. Bryn goes out with a friend for dinner at, I'm going to butcher this. I I looked it up. Whatever. (laughs) Buca de Beppo? <laughs> Whatever. It's so, an Italian restaurant. Buca di Becco. Yeah. Okay. They for, went to the Boop de Bop. Yeah. For <laughs> drinks. 
and she has a couple cosmopolitans. Okay, as one does. Uh, yeah, it's that's the most not crazy. Nineties thing. It really is. Like high sex in the city called. Yeah, who wants? No one's ordering a Cosmo. If your if your favorite drink is a Cosmo, I, I, I mean, I guess good for you. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, not good for you. Uh, she also confides in her friend that mm-hmm. she and Phil don't have sex anymore, but oh. that other parts of her marriage are improving. Did she specify which parts? Nope. Okay. She expressed extreme disappointment that at the age of 40, her acting career had led to nothing. Oh. Broken record. Yeah. Cry me a river. That seems to be a very... Who hasn't failed at something? Well, yeah. Move on. Learn a lesson from it. Move on. Well, yeah. I like... um, God, I'm going to digress again, but failure is growth, y'all. That's all I'm saying. It's the best opportunity for growth. Exactly. Don't shy away from failing. Don't beat yourself up for failing. And don't become a resentful, murderous bitch. Definitely don't do that. Just learn from your mistakes. And honestly, oh, God, mistakes are a blessing. Yes. And and twerking is a blessing as well. Twerking is a blessing. (laughs) It is. So... But after that, Bryn Bryn then visits another friend where she piles on several more beers and continues to complain about Phil and the way he treats her. Okay. And then Bryn returns home around 1 a.m. on May 28th. It's unclear what happened, but we know that they're arguing... Because the children overheard Phil yelling, sorry. Oh, okay. And this was his routine when arguments became overwhelming and he wanted to sleep. (laughs) Sounds healthy. Mm, Not the word I'd use. (laughs) No. (laughs) So, again, I just want to stress a lot of the details are unclear on specifics because... Of the nature of what happened. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of it is uh, conjecture. <coughs> he said, she said, she said, they Excuse said me. kind of stuff. Where, yes. Um, yeah. It, that tends to be the nature of these sorts of things, especially with celebrities. You know, we don't always get um, a lot of information f- directly or Absolutely. at all. And it, that, that's a common theme in Hollywood uh, deaths yes. and investigations. So what we do know mm-hmm. is that after the argument, Phil went to bed. Okay. And he was fully asleep. Okay. And it's at that point that Bryn grabbed Phil's thirty-eight, mm. which is okay, y'all. I don't I don't know guns. I had to look up what the fuck a thirty-eight was. It's <laughs> Say, apparently no a large caliber revolver. Okay. Which is, like, apparently... Damaging. Yeah. Yeah. That would leave a... Uh, yeah. So a she, ta- she takes Phil's thirty eight out of its case, and she fires three times at Phil. Three times? In his sleep. <sighs> the poor man was asleep. She hits him in the arm, neck, and nose, and he's killed instantly, and he's was only 49. I want to reiterate. That is, hmm. 
So after she kills Phil, yeah. Bryn decides to go to her friend Ron Douglas's house and fucking confess to him. Mm. But so, who that bitch? Right. Just a random friend? Yeah, just some random friend. Okay. But this guy doesn't believe her. Really? Okay. He's like, Like, no, you fucking didn't. Like, oh, April Fool's, haha, funny. So at 6.20 a.m., the two drive back to the Hartman family house where this Ron Douglas guy discovers Phil's body. Oh, my God. And then, you know. And then he calls the police. Okay. The Ron Douglas. She didn't she, she didn't, didn't even have the decency to call 911 herself. Oh, just wait. Oh god. And so the police arrive and they escort the two children, Phil and Bryn's children out of the house. They oh, were thank there. Thank god. But I was they so were there. worried. I was so worried. I I was just so worried that those kids were going to be involved somehow. No, thank Lady Gaga, they get these innocent little babies away from all of this madness. Yeah, but they were there. No, they were there in the house when it happened. Oh, jeez. But they're safe, and they're away from it. Okay. And at this point, before the police can even talk to Bryn... Yeah. She goes back into the master bedroom, where just a couple of hours ago, she had shot Phil. She went back to the scene of the crime, as so many killers do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And Uh, it's like, okay, where are you going with this? Yeah, what's the point? Right. She takes out a second revolver and shoots herself in the right eye. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she was only 40. 40? Yeah, she had just turned 40. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, the age difference. We yeah. Talk- oh, my gosh. Wow. And he was only, what, 49? Mm-hmm. God, what a sad tragedy. Absolutely. Really. And I would venture, I guess, undiagnosed mental illness of some kind uh, on her part. Not to armchair psychologist. I, yeah. I would definitely say so. Yeah. And there's that's the addiction tough. issues. Right. Right. Right, mental health uh, issues on top of substance abuse. That that's, it's that's not bad. a good combo. It's not. You've never heard of that ending well. No. And then weirdly, after the deaths of Bryn and Phil, yeah, Bryn's sister Catherine and her brother-in-law Mike raised the two Hartman children. Really? Yeah, they didn't go to someone in Phil's family, which is, when I was researching this, like, what I was expecting the outcome to be. Yeah, you mentioned his brother, John. Yeah. Uh, Why didn't, do do we know why he didn't? No, it just seems like Bryn's family was very, like, we're raising these kids. Thanks. Okay, okay. That's weird. Which is just, like... The family of the murderer? Yeah. I guess I know it's their aunt and uncle, but it's, like, still. Well, yeah. Um, It's fucked up. Did the kids at least get, excuse me, did the kids at least get, you know, 
his inheritance or I, I don't know. What was... So they got, they each got a trust. Yeah. But they couldn't access it until like age 18. Or there something. was a clause. They got part of it at age 20, a oh. part of it at 30, part of it at 35. Okay. Okay. So he set it up really like securely. Okay. Okay. And then speaking about the kids. Yeah. Um, today, Sean, the son, yeah, is thirty-two. Okay. Wow. Um, and he's pursuing a career as an artist and a musician. Oh, well, that's good. And seems to be doing quite well. Oh, that's lovely. Yes, I love to hear that. And um, I think it's pronounced Bergen, Bergen, or Bergen, uh, B I R G E N. It's probably Bergen. Yeah, Bergen. Um, she's a graduate of the University of St. Thomas. She received a degree in journalism and communication. And she started her own business in the field. Work. Yeah, business bitch. Absolutely. She's a business bitch. She needs forever stands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and she also made an appearance at the SNL 40th anniversary celebration in 2015 to honor her father. Aww. You know, I, I just wanted to add, because I had my own little bit here I wanted to add, and I feel like this is the perfect time. Um, a little more silver linings in this story, if we can find it. We try to here at That Strange Podcast. Obviously. And, um, yeah. Um, Phil Hartman was posthumously honored with a star on the walk, uh, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, just shatter my heart. Yeah. And now that wasn't until 2014. Yeah, but um, SNL co-stars Kevin Nealon and John Lovitz attended, among others. And Phil's brother, John Hartman. John! Yes, he was there to accept the star on his brother's behalf. And another side note, he also got a star on Canada's Walk of Fame earlier in 2012. I love that so much. Yes, yes. I love that they took the time to really appreciate his work. Thank you for that silver lining. I do what I can. Got a got a palate cleanse once in a while. Yeah. So I just have a few interesting footnotes before we wrap it up. Yeah. Um, Phil Hartman's divorce attorney. Because yeah, while he was married to Bryn, he had a divorce attorney. Just thought I'd oh. sneak that in there. Yeah, you left that one out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, his divorce attorney, Stephen Small, had this to say. Okay. Quote, Bryn's anger management problems may have contributed to the murder-suicide. The couple often argued over Bryn's alcoholism, her addiction to cocaine, and the impending divorce. Each was unhappy and accused the other of not allowing a divorce. Furthermore, she combined cocaine, alcohol, and Zoloft the night of the murder-suicide. Oh, wow. That's dark. So it's something that you don't find a lot about, but he was actively seeking a divorce before she killed. Well, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought I'd sneak that in at the end for a little. Yeah, surprise. (laughs) Um, And interestingly, two days before... The murder suicide. Uh huh. Bryn booked an appointment for her and Phil to enjoy something called 
an endless courtship treatment at the skin spa near their home. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the couple's close friend, Christine Zander, remembers that Bryn gave no hint that anything was wrong the night of the murder-suicide, having seen her at... I'm not saying this place's name again, that Italian restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, don't butcher their name Uh, again. (laughs) uh, And Christine even said uh, that Bryn was smiling and laughing and was like, it was so nice to see you. I'll be back real soon, and I'll be sure to bring Phil next time. Okay. The night of. Weird. So this bitch was walking around acting like literally nothing had happened after she would literally... Killed her husband? No, this is before. When she was at the restaurant before. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed that. But that's still horrible. Yeah. So she was acting completely normal. And she's like, oh, next time I see you, I'll bring Phil. Ha ha. That's fucking creepy. And then one just last interesting thing I found. Yeah. I love interesting Uh, things. You know I love a good quote. (laughs) Me too. Phil's SNL co-star, Julia Sweeney, had this to say. I love her. Same. Uh, She had this to say. Uh, The day he died, I felt a lot of compassion for Bryn. I could see how someone like that could make you go crazy, and I don't even do drugs. I can only imagine how it would be. That doesn't make it right, but it's like, say something to me. Why aren't you talking to me? Don't look down. Just talk to me, but don't shut down. And she was talking about Bryn? She was talking about how Bryn felt being in a relationship with Phil. I don't... Was she throwing shade at Phil? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, 100%. That is shade on Phil. Wow. Wow. And that is where I leave you. (laughs) Well, I love that. I mean, I don't love that, but I loved the story. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, you're the one that brought it. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. Um, So just one last thing about Phil Hartman. Do yourself a huge favor and find some compilation videos on YouTube or whatever. I think the SNL app has like... Every single sketch ever. Do it. Do it. Absolutely do it. Check it out. Phil Hartman is a legend, an icon, and you're going to laugh your ass off. It's so funny. It's amazing. Uh, oh, hey, you want to hear a good uh, good segue? Go for it. You, that was it. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of a good segue from um, Saturday Night Live to my... Um, little bit here. What did we decide? Oh, so, yeah, we're not doing strange news anymore. No, it's we're, so last summer. It's it's last season, darling. Mm-hmm. We're calling it Have You Heard. That's right. Have You Heard. Just like Have You Heard with Purd. Shout out Parks and Rec. <laughs> I fucking love that show. Anyway, <laughs> Have You Heard. About this new pizza. Okay, if it's a pizza, I've heard about it. Okay, not in Thailand. Yeah, it's in Thailand. No, hit me with it. Let me tell you about this pizza. So it um, there's a fast food chain in Thailand that's offering something that they call a quote crazy happy pizza. 
and it's only they're only doing it this month. Uh, it has a bunch of toppings that are based on something called a. I don't want to mess this up. A tom yum guy soup. Okay. Yep. And it's topped with a deep fried cannabis leaf. Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> right? And it only costs uh, uh, about $15 US. Okay. Where can bad. I go get it right now? I can go get it in Thailand, apparently. How long is a flight? <laughs> I have no idea. We cannot afford it, though. I know that. <laughs> so? Uh, well, well, maybe one day. Hey, um, but uh, the point of it is that it won't really get you high. Uh, what's the point? Well, uh, apparently if you eat enough, it'll make you a little sleepy or whatever. But it, that's the point is really to raise awareness for, like, um, cannabis as a plant. Not just the THC part, but uh, every part of the plant, which I think is pretty admirable. Like, raise awareness to what it can do and the components for research? Right. Um, and uh, last December, so not that long ago, only a year ago, Thailand Thailand actually became the first country in South <laughs> southeastern Asia to remove uh, certain parts of the plant from its, um, what do you want to call it, controlled substance list. Part of the plant? Yeah, I think it's the same way we have it here in the States where, uh, you know, um, THC is still regulated, but, you know, like something like CBD is not. It's oh, very convoluted. Okay. I and get it. I think what they want, in, from the article I was reading, they did want to bring awareness to doing more of this. Sadly, the pizzas haven't been selling well. But I imagine that's because it has a giant leaf on it that probably doesn't taste great. And it doesn't <laughs> get you high. Oh, for sure. If 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 this if this got you high, this pizza would the be leaf. fly we, yeah, it would be flying off the shelves, I yeah. feel. Yeah. But anyway, um I kinda wanted to touch on that. The same topic here in the US and how like do you think it's time for some sort of federal uh, legalization or something so that, you know, more can be explored? It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I figured you'd agree, but I was just curious to what you thought because we have a similar thing here and I just kind of wondered, like, if it was a pizza <laughs> that you could eat and then, you know, like, chill and be, like, the ultimate munchie, first of all. Right. Like, <laughs> I just... I can only think of good things that would come from that. I agree. Can't we all just get a bong? I want I want one of those pizzas right now. Yeah. Let's go to Thailand. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, f- tell me about it. I'm ready to go now. Honestly, I feel like if that's the case, couldn't we get one of those pizzas here? Literally. Honestly, though, I don't think I would eat it. Unless okay. it had THC in it. Uh, I'd try it. <laughs> Why not? Anyway, we hope you liked our uh, strange little episode about Phil Hartman and the happiest of pizzas. (laughs) It is a happy pizza. I love that crazy happy pizza. Well, they they know their market. Um, But I certainly did enjoy this episode. On the pizza note, this... Is why voting is por- is important, folks. This right here. <laughs> Vote for candidates that support happy pizza and we'll all be happier 
as a, as a result. That's our little public service <laughs> announcement for you. The more you know. Knowledge is power, right? You know? Knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. Right. Right. <laughs> so, as always, you can send a missive to that strange podcast at gmail.com. Do it. Send a raven and follow us on Twitter at that strange pod. Do it. Oh, that one was forceful. <laughs> follow us on Instagram at that strange podcast. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. If you're still here with us, I God bless you. We uh, love you. Thank we you. We love you. I don't know how you got here, but I'm <laughs> glad you tuned in and stayed here. <laughs> and uh, we hope you continue listening. Uh, please, please feel free to like, subscribe, rate, and review all that good stuff. Wherever you're listening to us now, it really helps us, and we really, really appreciate it. Like, super appreciate it. Yes. And, um... It doesn't even have to be a nice review. It could be constructive criticism. We'll take constructive criticism, I promise you. I am not... My ego is not so big that I cannot... (laughs) You know, I... I, We're amateurs here. I mean, I want a nice review. Absolutely. If you if you leave us hey. a five star review, we'll love you forever. But I'll even make you cookies. Hey. You can leave a five star review and still offer constructive criticism. I'd like to add. See, <laughs> everyone wins. Right. Like you can email us a, like a suggestion. Like, hey, maybe you should do this, that, or the other. But you know, give us a five star review. <laughs> oh, we digress so often. We do. Um, next week, I just wanted to give a little sneak peek. Next week. Uh, we have a little fun episode, and I want to give you a hint. It's, it has to do with a hotel. It's that's American a, Horror Story. Yes, that's correct. It's yes. American Horror Story Hotel. Lady yes. Gaga will be joining us. You heard that here. Lady Gaga, I love your work. Yeah. <laughs> she will be joining us here on That Strange Podcast live next week. I didn't think we'd get such a big guest. Uh, my people called her people, her people called my people, it worked out. And, hey, and they what? said no way in hell. No, they actually said yes, so we'll see. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so also, if you're interested, you can click the link in our show notes to support our podcast so we can keep growing and climbing and continue to bring you all this strange shit, whatever this is, for <laughs> hopefully years to come. Yes. Yes, please. Um, I'd also like to add that that link is in the Anchor profile, I believe. And the Instagram bio. And the Instagram bio. That's correct. On our website. Uh, (laughs) But we want to bring you strange stuff. We're here for you. This is That Strange Podcast. And I'm here to remind you, as always, (laughs) to look after one another and be kind to each other. It's that simple. You better be. Mm -hmm. It's that time of year where songs remind us that Santa Claus is always watching us. When we're (laughs) sleeping, when we're awake, he doesn't give a shit. (laughs) I love you so much. It's true. Santa honestly is such a creep. We should just do a whole episode about Santa Claus. He's a perv. Yes. All the B&E. I don't think anyone ha- holds a candle to the amount of B&E that he's gotten into. And Ugh. and the, the, what, the voyeurism. That's really creepy. 
Don't try <laughs> cancel Santa this Christmas. <laughs> the year we canceled Santa. Coming to Hallmark next year. This program is brought to you in part by Citizens Against Santa Claus and from generous contributions from viewers like you.